Hey, this is Michael Emery. Thanks for tuning into the Slow Baja. This podcast is powered by Tequila Fortaleza, handmade in small batches, and hands down, my favorite tequila. Hey, I want to tell you about your new must-have accessory for your next Baja trip. Benchmark Maps has released a beautiful, beautiful Baja California Road and Recreation Atlas. It's a 72-page, large-format book of detailed maps and recreation guides that makes the perfect planning tool for exploring Baja. Pick yours up at benchmarkmaps.com. It's Slow Baja, and I'm at Cerveceria Transpeninsular. I'm with Michael Squire, who's making a movie, and we got to bounce through the desert uh, last couple of days together um, during the Nora 500, and you're making the Baja Bug movie. Yeah, um, so we're the making Baja a... Baja Bug movie. The Baja Bug movie. You know, why not keep it simple? <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, let's just jump into that. I yeah. Mean, we literally met on the road, side of a road, and, you know, uh, you're... you're uh, Good fun. You were with RJ and um, shooting a film and shooting pictures of us when we were bouncing in front of you. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yes. Yeah, well, so it was funny. We saw you guys driving and uh, we had wanted to catch up to you guys and, you know, meet. And we were like, wait, is that FJ them? Is that Slava? It is. So we just jammed and caught up to you guys and followed you. And uh, I think we told you we were going to follow you in. And I think you guys thought that we said something was on fire. <laughs> well, we could have been on fire because we'd had this horrific gas leak all day uh, from our first fill up in the morning. I literally had a puddle of gas under my floor mat and uh, was spilling out underneath the car and had no idea what it was. So it was, and no time to sort it really. But, yeah, I can smell it when we stopped for yeah, our tequila shots. Two fire extinguishers <laughs> was our solution. So, and we definitely had to quit smoking. Yeah, as soon as I got out of the Jeep, I quickly noticed the smell and. I was going to offer you my fire extinguisher. <laughs> so, so that all of that aside, um, so you're making a movie and you're down here filming Baja Bugs. And we are, yeah. A little so bit about yourself. So I have a, a background in filmmaking. I come from a, a line of kind of photographers and, and advertising. I've grown up with a camera in my hand since I was three years old. And storytelling is, is just in my blood. And... Um, like I said, I have a background in filmmaking, and then I went into advertising for a number of years. And um, then I sold, we sold the company I was with, and I started my own freelance, uh, my own production company. And um, once the pandemic hit, everything just kind of dried up and just stopped. And so I had plenty of time to, to reflect. And the documentary about a Baja bug was something that had been in my head for a number of years. And it really started when... I had bought a, a Baja bug. It was left for dead in Fallbrook. It had no motor, no transmission. Pans were all rotted out. I bought it through a friend of mine, uh, vintage buggy, Douglas. He had found it and uh, we got it and we drug it to, to our friend's shop in San Clemente, um, JDR One Services. And he walked out and he said, where did you get this Baja bug? This is the car my dad and I built in the 70s as a pre-runner for our race car. So they had a- What are the odds of that? Right? Come on. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And so they had a paint shop back then, and they still do. His father passed away, but he still does, and they, they painted race cars. So my car is bright orange with these, you know, blue, orange, yellow stripes on the side. It's very distinctive. And so he helped me bring it back to life. We replaced the pans, 
you know, put an engine and he still had the, the Fram air filter for it in his garage and he still had the CB radio for it in his garage that he had saved all these years because they used it as a printer from the 70s up until I think the, about the early 2000s and his father passed away and they lost the car. They hadn't seen it. He hadn't seen it in, you know, decades until it got brought back to his shop. Wow. And so that really showed me, you know, I'd loved Baja Bucks, but I didn't really know the impact Baja Bucks could have on people. And so in seeing that connection he had with the car and in, with his dad through the car, it really showed me that there's more to these cars than just the cars themselves. And the cars themselves are something that shouldn't be able to do what they can. You know, it's a car that was, depending on where you go back in history, designed in the 20s, you know, and it has a, a it has a checkered past. It's got a very interesting past of, you know, it was essentially designed in the 20s by Joseph Gantz and then was taken over by the Nazis, you know, when it was kind of the Third Reich was trying to build up and modernize Germany and they, that's when, you know, Porsche was brought in to kind of champion the, the people's car, the Volkswagen, and it took off from there. But once it was brought into the U.S. in the 50s, it didn't do good. Like, when it was first brought in, you know, in the 50s, think what was going on there. You have hot rods. Cars were a little bigger then. A little bit bigger engine. You know, it didn't want small. You wanted big. You wanted power. And everyone coming back from, you know, overseas knew how to tinker with it. So they're making hot rods and, you know, getting creative. And nobody wanted a little German car made by the Nazis that was tiny with no power. And they did horrible, you know, they didn't sell many. And one part of the story of the Bob, of not the Bob bug, but the, the bug that I love is it was, you know, DDB, Doyle, Dan, and Burback in New York. Great advertising. Oh, some of the... Think they, small. Exactly. You know, my, my father worked for DDB when I was younger, and so I kind of grew up in a lot of ad agencies. Ad agency, sorry. And, um, you know, the Doyle, Dan, and Burback, they pitched that whole Think Small campaign to the Germans. And it's like, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that. Like, imagine this Jewish ad company pitching to the Germans about a Nazi vehicle, let's make fun of it. Like, yeah, exactly. Imagine those, imagine those executives at Volkswagen uh, saying, well, the one guy who is in on the program and voting yes, trying to convince the guys who are not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that that was a hard sell. Exactly. But my dad bought one as soon as he graduated college in 1961. He went from a 56 Chevy to a 61 you know, Volkswagen Beetle, drove it cross-country, started in aerospace because he just wanted a well-engineered car. That's what they did. He was did. an engineer. He wanted they something that's well-engineered. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of what led to them being used for off-road is they, they held together. They have, you know, a rear engine. They have, they're lightweight. They're, they're well-designed. And when you start taking them off-road, they're light. You know, they handle and you a little bit of modification, you put some tires on it, and that thing can go just about anywhere. And that's what they found, you know, I mean, with the 67 Mexican 1000, when they entered the Myers-Manx and Bruce with Big Red, like, that really showed the world what a little Volkswagen could do. Right. And that was kind of that inciting event, which sparked a huge revolution in, in off-road. I mean, you can directly trace Baja bugs to Myers-Manx. If we didn't have... Bruce Myers creating the Myers Manx, we would never have Baja Bugs. And what about, um, I'm blanking, is it Gary Emery, Rod Emery's dad? Yeah. So, so is he really the father of the first Baja Bug? So from, Tell me about that. You must have done some research yes, by now. Yes, and I've, and I've definitely sat down with Gary. So this and, is the way it's been bookmarked in my mind, so, you know. So there, from what I've learned, there's kind of two paths to the history of the Baja Bug. 
because in 1967, in the, in the first Mexican 1000 in Nora, there were bugs being run. They're stock beetles, pretty much a class 11, um, with light modifications. And that's essentially when they, they kind of started. And that's, there's that which started in like 67, and then in about 68, and, and those didn't take off then. You know, the Myers Manx took off then. So there was only a couple. Um, but then like 68 and 69 in the Mexican 1000, they started to get more and more. And even in, in 68, there was, we, we were looking at the, the driver's registration and there was a 69 Beetle racing in 1968. So that was like a brand new, right off the showroom floor, bug racing. So they bought it, tossed the tires on it, and went down to Mexico. But so you have right around 68 is when Gary Emery started his project in, in Newport Beach. And that came about because of him having a family. So his brother had a Myers Manx, went out to the desert, and he had two kids at that point. And he wanted to go out to the desert with his family. And so he had this little, little dirt bike, I think it was a little 80, and he had just bought it. It was in the, and Jim Chamberlain had come by his, his shop and they ended up trading, he had a bug, and he ended up trading bug for the little bike. And from that bug, he was, he had this, this idea that, you know, we could transform this into something that I could have a back seat to take my family out into the desert. And so they started that then, and they started that in the back of Chick Iverson Volkswagen, because he had worked in the parts department and his dad was a, you know, legendary body maker. And, and so that was really when that started. And so you have kind of the, the Mexican Baja bugs that started racing in more of a, a stock form. And then you have the more, the, the cut fender more well thought out, a full, complete Baja bug. And that's where Gary Emery is the, the, the first Baja bug, you know, with the cut fenders and, and really changing the way that it's thought about. And so that was finished around like end of 68, 69. And so you have kind of those two parallel starting points of, of the Baja bug. And then from there, they kind of merge. And that's when you start getting the, the 516s. And then ultimately, it just keeps going. And once, you know, in, in the 70s and switched to score and things start, you know, they're trying different stuff in the 60s and in the 70s. And the bugs and the buggies and the Myers Mixes just kept doing great. And they still to this day, I mean, what other car designed in the 20s can you take off road, pretty much stock form and be able to go anywhere? I mean, if you look at it even today, like fast forward to 2021, I, you know, I was just racing in the Baja 500 with Eric Solorzano and in a class 11. And we're racing on the same stuff that trophy trucks are. And we're able to handle it after they've made, you know, four foot ruts. And it's like, you guys are in the Cadillacs just cruising we're going through your mess and the stuff that you went through and still handling it in something that was made way before I was. And it's, it's impressive, you know, it's, it's a little car that conquered the desert and it's, there's something special about it, especially when you see a Baja bug flying down the dirt road, like it just puts a smile on your face. Well, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like you can't not smile when you see one of those you things. You can't. It's, they're just, it, it is, and you know, yesterday, driving around uh we were on the, the race course and you know looking for specks of dust behind us because something's going to come flying up and we've got to get out of the way and pull over and there's not there's not pullouts you know i mean you're driving on these no. little one lane dirt roads and you're looking keeping an eye on the horizon all the time for a little wide spot that i can jump off and my land cruiser so a trophy truck can go by or a or a um 
you know, a buggy can rip by. But, you know, the, the Volkswagens that we saw, we didn't see any Class 11s, unfortunately. Um, but the ones that made me smile, I think it was um, uh, Tim from uh, Dirt Sunrise was driving that blue one. And it was just, it. And when I saw it, it was just like, you know, awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, and I can't, I can't convey uh, what a, you know, okay, trophy truck. It's like it's, you, you stop and you're in awe. And then a Polaris or whatever rips by, and then something else rips by, and something else rips by, and then there's this buggy and that buggy, and you know the and the purpose-built things, and then this beetle, this beetle goes by, and you can't help but smile and thumbs up and scream. Oh yeah! yeah. And um, Jerry and Puck were driving that that yellow one, and I, when they came by, it was totally spontaneous. I screamed, "Go, go, Puck!" Go, yeah, Jerry. and it, it's like, wow, where'd that come from? You get into it, you know what <laughs> I mean? It's it's not the same. And it was so honest. It was so just it just jumped out of me. It's just so. natural. All right, back to you. We're not they, talking about which cars that. I'm cheering for. But um, that's so. that's the thing is that emotional response you get from a car is you don't get that from a trophy truck, like you right. said. You don't get that from a, a side by side. You know, it's you, yeah. I hate to say it don't. that way. I hate to say it that way, but I mean, yeah, it's I true. Don't. I don't. You know, Lots I mean, of yeah, sure. Like some people do, but. It's not the same. You know, they don't have the history. They don't have that character. Right. You know, yeah. you see a trophy truck coming down the racetrack. That thing's mean. It's it looks like it wants to but it is hurt mean. you. It is, yeah. It's, you know, like, I'm, I'm on the race course, too, chasing in the Jeep, shooting. It's like, I have to pull off to the side and keep an eye out for those guys just like you do. And it's it's not the same. You know, it's it, there's something kind of with what you're, you know, saying, the slow Baja. I mean... There's so much beauty here in Baja that when you're flying by in a trophy truck, all you see is the road right in front of you, and you're that's it. You're yeah. tunnel vision. You miss all that beauty, you know, that you're flying by. And that's kind of the beauty of being down here in Baja is being in Baja. Yeah, slow your roll a little bit. Slow and down. See it, smell it. Yeah, and taste you know, it. Yeah. It's, it's really not like us shooting the film. We're out here, you know, in, in some of the races I've been co-driving and, you know, and Eric's, he even let me drive some of the race and, you know, but then when we're out here, like this race, we were, we were chasing and, and shooting, you know, sometimes we're out there sitting for hours waiting for a car and you just kind of slow down and just enjoy the world around you and, you know, the people that are hanging out and you're focused on what you're doing and you're cheering for these cars that just, you know, you see them coming from out of nowhere and you're like, that's amazing and then i mean for me it's like i see a utv coming like i get a letdown i'm like oh you're just gonna kick dust up in the cameras thanks no offense to my utv future sorry sponsors. guys i love you guys but grab a baja bug <laughs> no offense to you polaris i'd still <laughs> hey, like to be sponsored let by me you. let me clarify there is a time and a place that utvs are amazing for those yeah, things awesome. are so capable, awesome. so capable they can handle like for filmmaking love them Toss a camera gear in, you know, mount a camera to them, mount an arm. They're amazing. It's just me personally, I want a clutch. I want something with a, a carburetor. I want a smell. Like, I want, I want a car with some cojones that, you know, you can't just go buy off the showroom floor. You know, I want something that's a car. It's a personality, you know, like. Yeah. Each no, you said a character. It's yeah. character. So let's, let's uh, take a quick break here so I can... Um uh, deliver a plug for my good friends Jeff Hill who's here with me in Baja he's been such a great sponsor he jumped into the safari class and did it 
Um, so let's let's have a word with Baja Bound, Best Mexican Insurance, and then we'll be right back with Michael Squire. Hey, do you wish you had joined us on the Nora 500? Well, here's your chance. It's double the mileage, double the fun, double the parties, double the dirt. It is the Nora Mexican 1000. We're going to drive by day. We're going to party by night. I'm pouring shots of Fortaleza tequila. April 30th through May 6th, 2022, we're driving the entire peninsula. You don't want to miss out on this one. Again, if I can do it in my 1971 Toyota Land Cruiser, totally stock, you can do it in any modern 4x4. The Nora Mexican 1000 is the happiest race on earth. Check it out at Nora.com, N-O-R-R-A.com, or on Slow Baja. Here at Slow Baja, we can't wait to drive our old Land Cruiser south of the border. And when we go, we'll be going with Baja Bound Insurance. Their website's fast and easy to use. Check them out at BajaBound.com. That's BajaBound.com, serving Mexico travelers since 1994. So we're back. Michael Squire, we were talking about character in cars. And uh, I think that um, you're absolutely spot on. It's, you know, certainly what, you know, I relate doing my thing in my old Land Cruiser. You were um, saying earlier, your dad was an ad man and um, you were in the advertising business yourself. How did you decide to make this transition? You you did talk about COVID and and what was going on with, um, you know, business. You had a production company and that... You so know, dried up to a degree. Like a lot of businesses <laughs> came and went during COVID. So that's a kind of odd left turn, right turn story. Yeah. So I worked in in production. I worked on commercials, feature films, mainly commercials. Um, it's music videos as well. And then in 2009, there was a big writer strike that happened up in LA, and everything shut down. And I was actually went through all the processes, testing everything. I was about to sign on the line. It was Friday the 13th of March, 2009. I remember I was about to sign to join the Marines as a combat photographer. It's like, uh, let me, let me hold off. I'm going to just wait, come back on Monday. Let me think about it. Went outside and I made a call to my cousin who owned a company in Orange County. I didn't know quite what he did. Like, hey, you got something that can maybe hold me over till, you know, this writer strike is over and, and production picks back up. Long story short, he owns, uh, owned a genetics company. So I went down and started working for this genetics company, originally in the lab, just kind of random, like, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, you'll figure it out. So I learned the business and learned the marketing and actually became the creative director for this company, which was an independently owned genetics company, which was a pioneer in a lot of stuff and acquired a lot of companies. And I was able to create a production company within there to shoot all of their commercials. And we actually were able to kind of lend out the production company to shoot a whole lot of other stuff. We shot three feature length documentaries under that. So I was able to kind of use the partnerships that I had had formed through nonprofits and through those corporations to fund these films, to tell these stories of families that had been touched and and kind of an inspirational thing that way. And I did a lot of short films and then um, we sold that company in 2017 and that's when I started my own production company and did freelance stuff, rebranding companies and commercials and shooting little films and um, and then that's when the pandemic hit and I had all this camera equipment, everything I needed and I had a lot of time to think and that's when I made a commitment to the project and I said, you know, I looked, I was in my garage. I remember it was a very distinct moment and I was in my garage and I looked, I had all my camera gear there and it's all on shelves and I looked at all my editing, the whole editing setup and I was like, what am I doing? 
I need to just do this. I've been, this project has been going around in my head for so many years. I either need to commit to it and do it 100% or it's going to drive me nuts. And so right then there at that moment, I committed to it 100% and I put my life savings into it and just went for it. And I haven't let up yet. And that was in April. And so I started reaching out to people and, you know, it's the connections I already had from having a Baja bug and, and just, it just quickly started snowballing. And um, I reached out to the Baja Society, which is a kind of Baja club, and went out to one of their meets and started, you know, they had, you know, 40 some Baja bugs out there. It was great to see so many. And then went out to a couple other meets and it was really this, this cool thing to see all this, all these people come together. And one thing that's, you know, I was talking about the, the uniqueness of Baja bugs. You know, you're not gonna see any two that are the same. And the same thing goes for the people that own them. They're so unique and they make that such a captivating story. The, the story of the car is an amazing story in itself. It's, it's a history that needs to be told and it's a shame that it didn't, but I'm glad it didn't because then I wouldn't have the chance to. Yeah, you got an opportunity. Exactly. And so the people behind the cars are just as unique as the cars themselves and that's what really makes the story is the the people and the cars and what it is able to do you know just that going out into the desert in such simplicity in the beginning and just can we do it and it's still alive today and i've i've found that the more i come down here it's it's more of like a family and everyone's just willing to help out it's like you know i'm in the middle of the desert shooting you know 150 miles from anywhere and truck rolls up and hey what are you guys doing you know Hola! you know they have food beer cerveza it's like you you're just welcome and it's it, it's it's sad because of kind of living in the states mexico gets a very bad rap even from people that are close to me they're like thinking i'm gonna get shot coming down here it's like the only thing I'm going to get a shot of is tequila from Slow Baja on the side of the road. For the record, at what time? Uh, I believe it was about 8.30, 8.15, somewhere around there. <laughs> we were just trying to shake off the morning chill. Yep. Get the fur off our teeth. It was day dust, two. Dust out of our throats. Yeah, it was day two, so I think we had only had, you know, about three or four hours of sleep. So it was still kind of just rolling over from day one. <laughs> So where are you in the process now? So we're probably about three quarters of the way through, a little bit more. We plan to shoot until about end of December, and then we have uh, post-production scheduled up until about April. And then we're planning on doing some private screenings with the sponsors um, around then. And then we are going to take the to film festivals and then ultimately distribution. Um, we have a few offers for distribution right now, but we're planning to go through the film festivals first. We want to get it out there, and we really want it to have the longest legs it can. We want it to reach as many people as possible because everybody has a connection to Volkswagen. You know, as I'm doing this project, I, at the gas station, this place, you know, everyone has, oh, my dad had a Volkswagen. It was my first car. I, you know, everyone has that connection. And it's, it's not even like 10 degrees of separation. It's like one degree of separation to this car. And it, it always has held a special place in people's hearts. And it, it does in mine as well. And that's... Yeah, I can see it's, it's genuine for sure. Ha have you... I mean, these cars, the, the Baja Bug movement, the Baja Bug creation only goes, you know, it's just, just over 50 years now. Yeah, and it's... So do you, have you met some 
Baja Bug OGs. I mean, there's oh, some yeah. guys out there that I built this car when I was in high school. Oh, I, yeah. You know, there's so many so. of them. And it's like, even some of the guys racing, I mean, like Mike Perlman here, I mean, he was, what, 19 in the first Mexican 1000? He was there. His dad started it. He's I, got firsthand knowledge and every driver's log that goes with it, <laughs> you know? And even, like, and then you have some of the, because not everyone started racing then. Like, some of the people who were, that kind of legendary weren't always in the beginning. Like you have like uh, like Pepe Rodriguez or um, Alex Solizano who didn't start till more of like you know seventies eighties, and then they made you know they're very dominant in that. And those guys are legends. Like talking to Pepe, the stories I got from him were amazing. You know, t tell me about all the the Mickey Thompson off road series, and he had a, a great line in there. Um, Everybody cheats. Some people just cheat better. <laughs> when he told me that when he was telling a, a story about how he would wire his brake lights to a button on his steering wheel so that going into the corner, it would look like he would brake early and he would just hit the button so the guy behind him would brake early and he would just go full throttle into the corner. <laughs> it's, you know, there's a lot of these little stories that come out and it's, it's great to hear them so, you know, from, from the people that were there. You know, a lot of the films that have been done kind of about Baja are very much done in, in the narrative sense. You know, they're a film that's, there's a narration written that strings the story along and, and this isn't that kind of film. This is a film that's gonna be told by the people who are made it, who are there, who have been a part of it and it's their story. You know, I'm not, I have no part in being in the film. This is not my story. This is my story to facilitate them telling their story. And that's the thing I want to hear is, you know, these guys is, have, I mean, these guys have so many amazing stories. And the thing I'm going to have to deal with at the end is I'm shooting about a hundred to one ratio. So I'm going to have 99% of this stuff that still needs to find a home and it needs to be seen too. So there's going to be, there's going to have to be some continuation. The Baja bug library right <laughs> a bug memorial yeah i mean like even like just the journey of the film has been such an amazing thing like going and meeting all these people and you know all these legendary racers in these race shops and like like going to montez's race shop and seeing what they do there and all the you know the difference in in everyone and and even just like yesterday we were driving around ensenada and we saw a, a bug on the roof of a a, a shop <laughs> like and then a bunch of Bugs parked out front. We're like, this is too rad. I gotta stop. I was like, gotta literally stop. just stopped in the middle of traffic, put the hazards on. I'm like, RJ, grab me some stickers. I'm taking up a banner. And I just walked in and was like, you know, told them what we were doing, talked to them for a little while, and they were ecstatic. He walked me around the whole shop. He's like, we're cooking food. It's not ready yet. I'm sorry. Come back. You know, it's. I just walked up and now I'm welcome in. Like they're. Can, can you touch on that a little bit? I mean, my show is uh, very broad in general interest, Baja. You know, I talk yeah. about everything, racers and winemakers and chefs and, yeah. you know, whatever. People who lead tours or make movies about, you know, riding on mules. Um, how do you define Baja? You know, that's a hard one because what you think Baja is before you experience it is one thing. But when you come down here and you're involved in it in such an intricate way and you're, you know, like we've been right in the thick of everything and in, in, in SCORE and Nora and, and even in the States and there's a distinct difference with Ba. It's, it slows down. 
life is, is different. Your priorities shift. You know, the, the normal stresses of the day aren't the same. And it's, it's a place that is special to me and everyone down here. And it's one of those things that once you find Baja, I think Baja is, I mean, obviously it's a place, but I think it's more of a, a state of mind, a mentality and what we come down here for. You know, once you find it and you, you get hooked, like you can't get rid of that. You know, it's like, I hear it all over and over and over. Once you go, you're never, you, you're going to keep going. And it's, it's one of those things that once you can't understand it until you experience it. Like, it's such a great place. The people, everything, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's just that, walking into a shop and having somebody say, oh, I'm sorry, the food's not ready. Yeah. But please come back and meaning it. Hundred percent needing it. Like he was very sorry that the food wasn't ready. I'm like, I just stopped in the middle of the street to give you stickers, and you exactly. know that's the no. But that that's hard to fake. You can't fake that, and that's what depresses me so much about the things I hear in the states. Like, you're gonna get shot. Oh, you're yeah. gonna you get robbed. From you're a light, like light post. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I've on some of these trips, I'm bringing a hundred thousand dollars worth of camera gear down here, and. I'm going to the middle of the desert and I get nothing but support and welcoming. Like, hey, I live here. If you need anything, parts for your Jeep, waters, let me know. Like, it's, it's about as far opposite of how it's portrayed as it could be. And Slow Baja makes no guarantees. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying, you know, if, if you come down here and you make poor decisions, things are going to happen. But... You know, if you're smart, you're respectful, you pay attention, and you don't try and disrupt things, there's no reason to be... You know, it's, organized crime is organized. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, honestly, you know, you saw my car. I'm driving a completely open vehicle. 100%. Completely open. Help yourself. Yeah. What do you want? Right do you there. Want? I couldn't park it in front of my house <laughs> overnight in San Francisco. Exactly. And expect to have things that are in the glove box remain in the glove box or things that are tucked under the seat or behind the seat or whatever. That's my point. Somebody would help themselves in the middle of the night. Like, but, your yeah. FJ has been parked outside of here for a number of hours. If you were to do that in San Francisco, everything in your truck yeah, would you know, be gone. It depends where you park. But anyways, I, well, so, yeah, for sure. I, I want to wrap things up here and, and bring me back to the film. Tell me where... I mean, you've got great... I hate to say it, the style, the swag, the, the, <laughs> the joy de vie that you bring to, to your, your well, presentation. Did you design everything? I did. Or so that's one thing that, that, you that know, well. when, you know, I worked in the film industry for a number of years and, and I was able to kind of learn a very wide variety of skills and in filmmaking. And then I have a background, so I was uh, uh, in advertising. I was, grew up around advertising agencies, so I'm civil water. And... So that was kind of ingrained in me. And so then when I switched into being a creative director, it was brought alive. And then I was able to really enhance that and learn how to grow a company. So, I mean, I was able to grow a company from 50 people to 100, you know, 1,500 people, you know, controlling, having the marketing of it and, and really branding the company and, and other companies under that umbrella. And that really gave me a lot of skills to be able to pass on to this. So it's, I have those skill sets to be able to, design the, the look and feel of it as well as keep it cohesive with the film I'm actually making. And it's simple, you know, the, keep it simple, stupid. Like, if it doesn't need to be there, get it out. You know, if it doesn't enhance what you're doing, it shouldn't be there. 
you know, your, and the same goes for my filmmaking style, is once you can take everything out that you can, that's when it's done. You know, you keep taking out until it doesn't, there's nothing else you can take out, and that's when it's finished. You know, you don't need anything else. And it, it goes back to me being a still photographer, first and foremost, is if someone doesn't want to look at one of my photographs, why the hell are they going to want to look at 24 of them a second? Especially for, you know, two hours long. So it, everything needs to push it forward. Everything needs to have a, a purpose to be there. So you've got great swag. Where can people find it? So you can grab shirts through Shreddy Life, the company there, through Blake Wilkie. He's been a, a supporter early on, and he's actually helped me produce the film. Um, so you have the, the official Baja Bug movie shirts there. And um, I actually have a side clothing company that in kind of my adventures I was partnered with a uh, skateboarder a long time ago and we had created a clothing company and so if you go to findthemirrors.com um, or the Instagram is see the mirrors for that you can find like tank tops shirts hoodies jackets and those are kind of stuff that I just put up there more for myself and just so I can have a place to play kind of with my design stuff and like oh I want to make that hat because I want to wear it so you can check them out but Shreddy is where you can get the uh, the official swag. And where's where are the spots on the internet that people can find out about the film? So you can check us out on Instagram at the Baja Bug Movie or thebahabugmovie.com. That can direct you to the Instagram. We'll be adding more to that as we go. Right now, it's pretty much just directing you to the social media. And we're also on Facebook at the Baja Bug Movie. Um, so pretty much, if you just type Baja Bug and add movie in there, you're gonna find it. And that's essentially why the title is that way because. It's simple. It's, you know, in, in the world we live in now, everything's digital. It's searchable. It's not, you don't see it on a movie poster the same way you would. And so with this wanting to be, we want it to be seen as many people as possible. So with that kind of a title, it keeps it simple. What are you doing? It's right in the title. It's right there. We're not hiding anything. We're not hiding anything. Keep it simple. Yeah, less is more. Less yep. is more. Less and is a, more. And a Baja bug is even less. Yes which is even more. Exactly. And we're going to leave it right there. Michael Squire, thanks, man. Thank you so Fun much for having you. me. Glad to have you on the show. It was Hope a pleasure. Hope so Baja and the Baja Bug movie get to talk again when the film comes out. Definitely. I got your stickers on the Jeep, and I'll put one on my Baja Bug when I get home. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have I told you about my friend True Miller? You've probably heard the podcast, but let me tell you, her vineyard adobe guadalupe winery is spectacular from the breakfast at her communal table bookended to an intimate dinner at night their house bred azteca horses solomon the horseman will get you on a ride that'll just change your life the food the setting the pool it's all spectacular adobeguadalupe.com for appearing on Slow Baja today, our guests will receive the beautiful Benchmark Map 72-page Baja Road and Recreation Atlas. Do not go to Baja without this, folks. You never know when your GPS is going to crap out, and you're going to want a great map in your lap. Trust me. A lot of you have asked how to support the show. Well, you can go to slowbaja.com, buy yourself some merch, click that donate button, drop a taco in our tank, and always share the show with a friend. Give it a five-star review on whatever app you listen to, and I will see you next week.